Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. idea of psychological significance, um, we explained what it is and why it is that so many people have this. But I'm going to go back to something that Proctor taught me. He had a program, uh, in, in incident, incidentally, it was not a high-selling program. Uh, unfortunate that it wasn't because um, it made a lot of sense. I just don't think that he I don't think he, he put it together right. It it had too much of kind of, I don't know, an air of a religious bent to it, I think. But it was called Mission and Commission. In that program is where I really learned about developing a magnificent obsession about something. Now, he taught magnificent obsession in many of the teachings, uh, especially the private teachings that he did with, with coaching clients and such. But in Mission and Commission, Mission and Commission was designed to be a sales program. And it was probably a bit too radical for the average salesperson, especially when this program first came out, which was somewhere in the mid, early to mid-90s, I would think, uh, when it first came, came out. But he talked about that he, he saw something that really shifted his mindset from a more from a teaching perspective, I would say. Here's a couple of different things that he that he told me that he noticed. He said, one, if you look at any salesperson that is really good, I mean, really a hitter, uh, they have a different belief system and a different intensity about them than your average salesperson, and definitely different than your salesperson that's really not doing anything. He came across, because Bob always did a lot of work for the churches and stuff of different kinds. Um, when, when I was in business with him, we used to go speak at a church a month uh, for Marion Morrissey, and which was a pretty fascinating thing, actually. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. But somewhere along the line, before I met him, he did some work where he was involved with some missionaries. And I think they were probably LDS because for whatever reason, Bob was huge in the LDS community, just huge. They they used to say, how could you know more about God than we do? They, <laughs> I used to actually see, see people say this to him. And uh, which I thought was, I thought was hysterical. Um, and it was, he probably, it probably was because he was so busy, uh, so big in network marketing and there's so much network marketing in the LDS community. So, you know, we all know, well, if you, if you're familiar with LDS, they, they go on their, their missionary, right? So the, the, think about the intensity and the belief that you would have to have to go to convert people to Christianity or whatever your belief, whatever your religious, pick a religion, right? Just any religion. And your job is to go to some foreign country and do mission work uh, and help convert people. You've got to be a pretty intense person. I mean, your beliefs got to be like rock solid. 
rock solid. And after, after working with a bunch of, of missionaries over the years, he realized, he's like, you know, the, the amount of rejection and ridicule uh, that these folks get is unbelievably intense. But he also noticed that the people that would do that work would come out a changed person. Like they had a different understanding of what it meant to be successful in life when they would come home from their mission work. And I spent a lot of time talking to him about this because he literally put the concept down, which I'm telling you, it's not, it's not like it's you get anything more from the program it, it, because it's just a little blip inside of mission and commission. But that, that's how mission in commission was actually named. It's like there's a mission in commission, right? And, and it's also a play on the word, right? There's mission in, in the word commission. But the mission part came from missionary work. That's where that came from in the title of that program. And he realized that it was a different level of belief. It was a completely different level of belief. A couple of things here to, to note. One is the belief in and for what? Write that down for yourselves. Belief in and for what? So obviously, if you're a missionary, you've got a belief in your religion, you have a belief in whatever that transition would be for, you know, your fellow human or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, but they took the concept and he put it with salespeople and business people. And he recognized that when people had the understanding of this idea, they approached their business and their life and their sales and everything with a, with a passion, with a different passion, with a different intensity. And don't confuse intensity um, with uh, like being overzealous or, or like being a zealot where somebody's always in your face. They're constantly talking to you about their belief system. You know, they're trying to convert you about constantly their way of thinking. This could be very calm people that you would have no idea if you met them. But when they got in the work that they were doing, they really understood that they were on a mission. And the mission was this. And it was the same with every single person. And he was basically teaching that anybody if you really understood this idea, it could have such a significant impact in what you do. And, and I learned this before I started my business. So it really sunk in with me because it was something that resonated with me huge because that's kind of how I felt my life was. I felt like I was on a mission. I wouldn't have called it that back then, especially in the early 90s because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But, I, but there was a sense of purpose for me. And he said that everybody has a specific purpose. And that purpose is, is given to you by God. And it is the reason that you're here. And your job is to, is to, number one, discover what that purpose is inside of yourself. What is it? Why are you here? Now, here's what I believe. I believe this because people ask me constantly, how do I find my purpose? Number one, <laughs> it's like you're inside the box trying to look outside the box. It's with you all the time. You're in your purpose. You may not be to the place where you see it significantly and crystal clear like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is my message to the world or this is my problem fix to the world or whatever that is. 
But if you follow the direction that you're going, at some point in time, that will become apparently clear. Nobody else can tell you what it is. You will know it when you see it. When I saw it for me, I knew it instantly. Wasn't even a question in my mind. I didn't think I could do it, but I knew it. I knew it instantly. Um, but the idea is basically that if I'm an attorney or if I teach what I teach or if I'm a truck driver or it doesn't matter what I'm doing, I want to be the best at that. I want to do that to the best of my ability because it's what it is that I have to offer humanity. And it may not be all of humanity. It may be a very small part of humanity. It may be my specific demographic, right? It may be the very few people that do the things that I can help them benefit. But I want to do it with all the passion and all the love in my heart. And my job is also not to push my belief onto someone, but so this is the difference and this is the subtlety in it that you have to really grasp here, okay? Because I know, I know what you think when you're on the other side of this. You're thinking, I don't want to push myself on anybody. When you understand your mission, you understand it's not about pushing anybody into anything. It's helping them to see what they already want to see, but they don't know how to get there. How do we know that? Because they're engaged with us. You cannot downplay the idea that when you put your idea out there for what you do for a living or for a business or whatever it might be, there's people that want to engage with you. Even if you're marketing to them, even if you're advertising, if you're making calls, if a person is going to stop and listen to you for five minutes about what it is that you have to offer, at some level, they're intrigued by what it is that you have to say, what it is that you have to offer. The, the idea, the mission behind that is once you identify that individual, it's your responsibility to do everything that you can to help them see the benefit in the way that you can benefit them. But not from an overzealous pushing perspective. This is where the idea of elegance comes in. Because the way that I've been teaching you sales is extraordinarily elegant. It's like you're dancing with someone. It's like you're making love with someone. It's a beautiful thing. It's not an overpowering, you don't do this and look at my product and don't go anywhere else. It's not, you know, got to buy, you got to buy now. It's not any of that. When you see what I just explained, when you see somebody come from that perspective, they're not in their purpose. They're not in their mission. They're in fear. They're not in, they're in fear. And I started off with what makes you feel significant. Your purpose, your mission, how you help people should be where you get your significance from. As far as the, 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 the receiving of the, the fulfillment, the great feeling that we feel in our heart when we know that we're doing what we're put here to do, when we know that we're truly helping somebody. See the difference? When you're going out just to get money, that doesn't feel good at all. It doesn't feel like you're helping anybody. It feels like it's self-serving. It feels like it's selfish. This is where the ideas of like greed come from. What's your mission? 
in your commission, in the money that you receive, what's the mission part for you? What's the mission part for you? That's the part where you get up every day and it doesn't matter if you're like, we're having a crazy week. It's just one of those weeks. It's a crazy week. My calendar got screwed up this week and the, the people automatically put their times in, got pushed right up against interviews that I have to do with no break in between. So you can't get, you know, like go to the washroom, get a, get a cup of tea or a glass of water and sit down and be like, okay, I got to do this interview with this person. It's like, no. So it's one of those weeks. We all have those weeks, but Outside of it being a little hectic, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother Steph. It really doesn't bother many people on our team either um, because we know what we're doing. Like we know why we're doing what we're doing. It, it's just part of the game. It's part of the deal. It doesn't spin us off for a month and can't figure anything out. Or we don't go in. Here's another place we don't go. Why am I attracting this? It's, it's part of the law of rhythm. You have good days and bad days. It's never always just on the upslope when it comes to the law of rhythm. I mean, it'd be great if it was, but, but in a way it really wouldn't because you would not appreciate the good days anymore. You wouldn't appreciate the time off. The, 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 whoever created our universe really was beyond brilliant because the human being needs the up and the down. We need that cycle. We need the cycle for our body. We need, we need to get good sleep so we can be, you know, exuberant the next day. We need work and we, we need rest. We need work and we need fun, you know? We need to play. When you're in the thing that you want to do, when you're in that mission part of that idea, when you really start to grasp that, it's like the landscape in life changes. It doesn't mean that the problems go away. We're probably dealing with the, one of the craziest fucking times in history at this point. Like in history, we're living through it. If you take a step back and think to yourself, you're living through this history, that's pretty amazing to begin with. Doesn't matter which side of the fence you fall on on any of this stuff. The fact that we're actually living through it, we're part of it, uh, is a pretty amazing thing. And I also think there's a reason the people that are living through it are living through it, right? There's a reason, there's a reason. It's not just all fear and victims and like all this stuff. There is a reason. If you if you take your mind off of the surface of whatever's happening anytime in life and you look deeper, you see something very astounding, right? You see the truth. That's where that's where you find the truth. When you can live from the mission perspective in your life, you you know, I think in your core that there's a per, there's a purpose to your life. You know there's a purpose to your life. You also know what not to get involved in because it's not part of your purpose or to what extent you get involved in something. We're living in strange times. We're living in strange times, but we have a mission. 
So we have to remember our mission because if, if everything stops because there's, there's a bit of craziness going on, the whole the wheels come off the track completely. Don't let everything that's going on disrupt your life and your purpose. Stay focused. And here's another thing. When you stay focused on the things you have to do, you help other people stay focused. If you start to come apart because of what's going on, you're not doing your job and helping other people that you're supposed to help. So they're off doing something, whatever. Like it's we're, we're all part of the same cog in the wheel, right? We have to do what we're put here to do. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.